Hi, I'm Paul Hohen, and you're listening to a podcast where nostalgia comes alive. It's Jake's Happy Nostalgia Show. Roll it. Welcome to Jake's Happy Nostalgia Show, the podcast where nostalgia comes alive. Since July of 2021, Jake and his friends have interviewed professionals in the worlds of acting, directing, writing, puppeteering, and many more. Who will they be chatting with in this week's interview? Find out in this Jake's Happy Nostalgia Show episode. Episode of Jake's Happiness Star Show, when nostalgia comes alive. Have you with us? Thank you for joining. As always, I'm your host, J- Jake Duffenbaum, with you as always, our co-host, Chris Bixby, and Matt Bingo. How you guys doing? Doing good. We are doing, doing good. good. How Hello, are you everybody, doing? and how are you Hi. doing, Jake? I'm doing great, Chris. Thank you for asking. Matt, what do we have for today? Once again, glad you're with us, everybody. Today's guest is a director who was directed for a ton of shows, including Eureka's Castle, We're in the World is Crime in San Diego, Crank Yankers, Between the Lions, and Johnny and the Sprite, just to name a few. However, he also directed several episodes for Bear in the Big Blue House during its first season back in 1997. These episodes include Mouse Party, What's in the Mail Today, Summer Cooler, The Big Little Visitor, and A Winter's Nap, just to name a few. Please welcome Hugh Martin. Hugh, welcome. Happy to have you here. Hey, guys. How are you? It's great to be here. Uh, looks Doing like great. you guys are having a good time here. Yeah, I love thank it. You. Yeah, yeah, we absolutely. are. We, nice. we certainly are. Nice. We certainly are, yes. Uh, even though, uh, to kick this off, even though I kind of introduced you a little bit, would you care to tell our audience a little bit about yourself and what you do? Yeah, no. So I'm uh, I'm a director, producer, writer, and uh, and I um, let's see. Do you just want to know more about where I came from? Where what yeah. my background is? Yeah. All right. Sure. Well, I started out um, back in 1972 as a camera operator, and uh, that's how I got started. And I started out in public television down in South Carolina. South Carolina has a um, network. Uh, it's not like like for example in Boston and places like that they have regional networks uh you know like but down in south we have a a central network that feeds the entire state so anyway i started out down there as an operator and then from there i began uh, directing and uh, then we directed uh, we created the very first national series that they ever did called studio c back in like 1974 and uh, that was a show for for kids that we traveled all over the country, actually. And uh, we act were doing some of the very first uh, portable video of a crew anywhere in the country at that time. As a matter of fact, Sony loaned us their prototype field camera to test out on our show. Oh, wow. So we tra- wow. Yeah, we, yeah, we traveled around with that thing for a, a number of a number of years and. Uh, and that was great. That was a, a lot of fun. A lot of kids, a lot of places. We went everywhere. Alaska, Cayman Islands, all over the place doing stuff for kids. So uh, we started out down there. And then from there, um, when the show broke up, I was down there for uh, probably a good seven years. Then I moved uh, to Pittsburgh, where I began producing and directing Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. And I did his show for a couple of seasons there. We did a lot of fun stuff there. Fred was probably one of the most uh, influential people in my life at that time. Uh, he's an amazing human being. 
Um, but we did a lot of uh, operas there and, uh, of course, the show itself and a lot of specials that we did. And then from there, uh, my wife and I moved to New York and uh, started doing, this is when cable television first came into being. And we started doing a lot of, uh, of these theatrical productions that we would go into a theater and put them on, on tape. So we would record the entire drama. And then we also would mount some of our own dramas. Um, so we did those out of New York for a long time. And then that's where I really started getting into puppetry work. Um, I worked, with my, it's funny, my very first uh, puppet job was with uh, a gentleman named Kermit Love. I don't know if any of you oh, have yeah. heard of him, but Kermit yeah. created, mm -hmm. yeah, he created Big Bird. And he was, right. of course, with Jim Henson and, you know, that whole So it was, he had a company. And so um, that's where I met uh, people that I'm sure you're familiar with, uh, Noel McNeil and Jim Krupa and uh, all these great puppet people. That's where I met them. In fact, I worked with them on that uh, series that we did with uh, Kermit Love. And then, of course, from there, uh, I started doing a lot of other other things. I got into soap operas. I did a show called uh, One Life to Live and Loving, uh, worked on those. And then we did um, Eureka's Castle uh, for Nickelodeon. And that's when you know we, I got Jim and, and uh, Noel were involved in that. And uh, of course, Lynn Hippen and uh, Cheryl Blaylock and a lot of other puppeteer really really great puppeteers. Uh, Pam Sierra, who is also uh, Henson uh, a puppeteer. So we all worked together to create that show. And that was a blast because we just kind of like, we had a free wheel to do whatever we wanted. And it was really a lot of fun. And uh, as a matter of fact, there's a, I just finished recently saying there's a wonderful podcast with all of them involved. And it's a great, it's a great podcast. You should look it up. I think if you, you would probably enjoy it. Maybe you've already seen it, but it's, uh, it's quite great. Jim's on it and uh, Lynn Hippen and, and uh, Cheryl and all that. So, um, and then from there, I did a lot of other, other like live TV stuff, uh, a lot of game shows for public television, believe it or not. Um, I did, of course, Where in the World's Carmen San Diego. Um, and uh, and then from there we went uh, st started working a lot in LA, um, and that's where in fact in fact we started um, the Jimmy Kimmel show the Crank Yankers. I'm not sure if you yeah. guys are familiar with that. Okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. So Crank Yankers started in New York uh, before Jimmy got his gig, uh, late night gig. But when he did, then we moved the whole show out to LA, and uh, that and then we shot a remaining few seasons out there. Um, and uh, so that's, uh, and then just a lot of puppet work. Uh, I did a lot of work down in uh, Universal Studios in Florida when they were first uh, up. We did uh, a super sloppy double dare. Oh, yes. Nickelodeon, the game show with mm -hmm. Mark Summers. Uh, Mark and I go way back. And uh, so, in fact, we shot the very, very first uh, studio, a television studio in their, in their studio. There were only two studios. That was it on that lot, just two sound stages, and everything else was dirt. And I can remember going out during a break one day and looking out at this huge acreage of dirt. And at the very middle of the dirt was this mound, and sitting built on top of the mound was, you know, the uh, uh, psycho house. 
from the movie, you know, The Psycho. And they had built that, and that was the only thing that was out there at the time. So, and then from there, uh, the studio started building, and then I did a show called uh, uh, The um, Adventures of Superboy for Viacom. So I directed a lot of those down there. And, um, and then, you know, it's been, it's been all kind of stuff, splash and bubble, a lot of Henson work. Uh, in fact, uh, we did a show called JJ, the jet plane, not with Henson, but we were probably the very, one of the very first motion capture, uh, shows that were out there at the time. In fact, Henson came up to visit our stage when we were shooting to kind of find out, you know, how we were doing all of that. Um, and then from there, I went down and started working with Henson at, at when they started their system. Um, we did a, a, a project for them um, for, um, what was the name? It was a toy company. I can't remember the name of it now. Um, anyway, we did a show for them with motion capture. Then, of course, then it went on for, uh, we did Sid the Science Kid. Oh, yeah. That was all motion capture. And then we did uh, a new, the latest one we've done is Splash and Bubbles. Uh, which is a series of about fish and so forth in the ocean and uh, that uh, that was happening and then you know that's kind of it we did a show called Pajanimals uh, for which we shot shot that in uh, in uh, Belfast in Northern Ireland Um, that was uh, that was really fun that was a great that was one of these crazy crazy operations where this (laughs) they didn't have a lot of money and the soundstage was literally like a tin can so there was no no insulation you'd hear construction going on outside and banging and we'd have to send a a pa over next door to say hey can you stop can you stop building for about five minutes we can finish the scene and we had all kind of crazy stuff going on like that so um so that's been kind of my world i mean a lot of uh, a lot of stuff we just i did another thing for uh, bbc called moon and me which um was on uh uh it, I, I think it aired here it, i think it aired here on nickelodeon not on nickelodeon but on universal kids um uh, and it was a, it was a sort of a stop motion uh animated series that was done for the by the bbc and we shot it down at uh in atlanta at the sound stages there in Atlanta. So uh, where Marvel does all of their work, uh, we were on the sound stage down there where actually where they were shooting some of their Marvel stuff. So um, so it was a great, great operation down there. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, and then Mutton Stuff was uh, one of the bigger projects we did uh, for Nickelodeon. And, uh, you know, it's been about kind of where we are. So uh, I'm kind of curious, how, do you, how did you get into directing? Well, you know, like I said, I started out as a camera operator, and then um, in in South Carolina, it's a right to work state, so there are no unions. So because of that, which is actually really good, is that I was able to involve myself in every aspect of of the business. So you know, I was building sets, I was you know obviously operating a camera, we were lighting, we were all lighting. Um, so we had this free, free reign to do a, a variety of things wherever we needed to do. So I learned all the jobs, all the op- positions. And, um, and then a friend of mine became interested in directing um, from, uh, from just, you know, being a part of the, of the operation, being an operator and doing a lot of location work and stuff. And, and I had a, one of my very close friends was, uh, was a, a director at the time. So he let me come in because he could, there was no union. So I came in and I would 
technical direct uh, some of the shows. Most of our shows were all done live and or certainly live to tape. Um, and so I was able to then get into the control room that way. And then from that, I started directing, uh, did a lot of the live new shows that they had down there, um, then started producing my own stuff down there as well. And then that's when this show called Studio C came along. And uh, at that time, this was back in like 74, um, you know, at that time I had, <laughs> we it, because it was a government uh, operated uh, station, you know, they had the, it was all the stuff shirts and neckties and all that stuff. And I wasn't into that at all. I was more like freewheeling. You know, I had, I had hair down to the back of my back. And, uh, and so, you know, they kind of wanted, you know, I'm dealing with a lot of these politicians. And so they kind of like go, Hey, we've got this new show, uh, that we just came in and we, you know, we think you might be great for directing this. So they kind of slowly moved me over <laughs> out of the building to the side building where we were uh, producing this new show that just came in. And yeah, you could, you could direct that, you know, cause they were kind of like, they didn't want me showing my face too much around cause I was a little radical at the time. And, uh, and, and subsequently we ended up not only being their very first uh, show that they ever did for network television for kids, but we also won one of the major awards at that time of the show. So uh, nice. for me, they pushed me out and I went over and <laughs> started my own gig and did stuff over there. We had a lot of great people there, a lot of great, great uh, individuals working and a wonderful producer. Um, so, uh, so that's kind of how it happened. And then, um, you know, and then from that, uh, when, when that particular show broke up, you know, I'd, I'd had a lot of work under my belt at that time. And, uh, and that's when I went and began producing and directing Mr. Rogers neighborhood. Absolutely. Mr. Rogers is a wonderful show. And, um, we previously interviewed, uh, yes. Francois Clemens and, uh, David, oh, yes. and, uh, David Newell. Oh my yes, gosh. That's great. Oh my gosh. David is one of my, both of them, one of my favorite people. David is certainly, he is such a, an amazing person. And, uh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. So much. And he was really, I mean, he was Fred's, uh, you know, uh, confidant. I mean, David did so much with Fred for Fred, uh, really helped manage uh, a lot of his uh, daily routines and things like that. Aside from from being an actor and and playing, you know, Speedy Delivery, I mean, he was really behind the scenes um, doing a lot of work with Fred. And um, so, uh, so yeah, and I'm sure he had a lot of stories for you with. Oh yeah, with Fred absolutely. And, yeah. yeah, I mean, he he was. Uh, I mean, I can't, I can't begin to tell you what kind of a, a human being Fred was. I mean, it, it's very sad because obviously there'll never be anybody like him at all, uh, ever. And um, and the the effect that he had on children uh, was just astounding um, because they they really believed Fred was their uh, confidant. The children did. They they just were so. Um, they believed in everything he did. In fact, they actually, uh, uh, Carnegie Mellon in their psych department uh, used the show. They were doing some study work with hyperactive children and um, they would take Fred's show and they would put it, uh, they'd be all these kids in a room and they'd be going all over the place, running around and they put the show on. And these kids, as soon as that mu music would come on with, with Johnny Costa playing, that they the kids would stop 
They would stop and they were glued to the TV set. They were glued to it. And then as soon as those credits started happening at the end, they were bam, they were back out running around going crazy. So he had this massive influence. Yeah, this incredible influence on kids. I will tell you an interesting story about how these kids feel about Fred. Um, I, we were shooting on location with him and we were interviewing children about a particular topic. And we were in a break and I was talking to Fred about something and um and this this kid came up and and yanked on fred's you know a uh, pant leg and so fred always i mean you could be in the middle of a conversation fred and if a, if a kid came up to fred he you you'd be you'd be chopped liver i mean he would just he would completely leave you and go right to that child and he, he went down and and he says hello how are you and the, and the kid looked up kind of nervous and she he said i peed in my pants last night and this uh-huh. kid, he, this kid just had to confess to Fred. Oh my God. So Fred could say to him, well, you know what? That's okay. That's all right. And, and that's all he, that's all the kid needed to know was that it was okay. And that Fred felt like it was okay. And then that helped that child. And that was, and that's who Fred was with all kids. Um, so he was an incredible man and an amazing influence to me. And I, and I've, I always, I've never forgotten him ever and never will. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't, I don't think anybody will. Certainly, yeah. uh, no. certainly a legend among uh, no question many. No. And he was, nope. yeah, I mean, he was a crazy, he had a credible sense of humor. I mean, he was really funny guy, you know, I mean, you, you wouldn't, you don't necessarily see it on camera, but, uh, but he really, he really was very funny and, um, and, 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 you know, he would act out and, you know, we'd play around with each other on the set and stuff like that. And he, you know, and, and Lady Elaine Fairchild, you know, who is that uh, mm-hmm. character. Mm-hmm. He did, he did all my, you probably aware, he did almost all the voices in, in all the characters. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and, but Lady Elaine was such a flirt. I mean, she would, he would be walking around with, with Lady Elaine on his hand and, She'd she'd all of a sudden appear behind your back over your shoulder and start start nibbling on your ear. <laughs> and, and 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 kissing your neck and stuff, you know. I mean, I mean oh, he that's just, great. Yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, he he just lo- he was a great, he was just so wonderful. He was just really wonderful. So big a big, big, big part of my life for sure, I can tell you. Absolutely. 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 So for a couple years uh, in the mid to late 80s and even into the early 90s, you also directed uh, Reading Rainbow, a couple episodes of that. What was it like working on that show? And that especially with, with LaVar. LaVar, yeah. No, it was it was great. No, I did I did a lot of episodes for them. Um, you know, we in fact, it's interesting. Um, I'll, I'll tell you a little bit of a backstory behind all that. So when I was doing the show in South Carolina, uh, Studio C, one of my very close director friends um, is named Larry Lancet, and Larry was 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 working there as a, at at South Carolina as a producer director, and I did a lot of camera work with him, and we became very very close. And um, another woman uh, named Cecily Truitt uh, was a production uh, coordinator on. The Studio C show that I was working on. So as time went on, 
And as I said, the show finally, you know, broke up and people went separate ways. Prior to that, Larry Lancet had moved to New York to start his own career in New York. And then uh, Cecily decided that she was going to move to New York because she had some project, uh, uh, a consulting project that she had going on in New York. So she went to New York. Well, the two of them ended up meeting each other. They knew of each other because they both worked at the same station, but at different right. buildings. Mm -hmm. And they met each other. And then as time passed, they ended up marrying each other. Um, and so, yeah, so um, Larry and Cecily were the ones that created Reading Rainbow. And so when I went to New York, my wife, my wife is also in television. Oh, by the way, I don't think, you know, my wife also created the magic school bus for uh oh wow yeah. wow yeah so 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 she so so the funny thing was so so i she was in had her job in pittsburgh when we when i left i went to new york myself first to get things going mm -hmm. and i stayed with larry and cecily and so while they were developing i was helping them work with that show as well while they were developing it and then so from there uh, they got the show going, and then I started directing a lot of those episodes there with them uh, while I was in New York. And uh, eventually, my wife moved and came came to New York. But um, but so then we were obviously working on the show, and then things developed, and and it was it was a wonderful show. It would be put, as you well know, a lot of different people together to do that. But Lavar was is is great. He's such a talent, and I mean, we were very fortunate to. Uh, they were very fortunate to have gotten him involved. And um, and as you well know, I mean, now he is a, a real uh, advocate for reading in, in the country and uh, and make maintaining that with children today, because obviously so many things are are just having I mean, the, the concept of reading now is really uh, is waning. And I think and it, it's good that he's gotten involved heavily in really trying to promote the reading and to maintain that. Um, but uh, it was a great show because, again, it was very similar. I think Cecily picked up a lot of the stuff because she worked on this, this show. And, and Studio C was very similar to how Reading Rainbow developed. And I think some of her strategies of uh, Reading Rainbow developed from her experience with Studio C. And because we did the same thing, we had a crew of like four people. This was in Studio C. We had uh, myself producing and directing. We had a camera operator. We had a sound man and a field producer. And so that was it. We traveled all over the country. Well, very similar. We did the same thing with Reading Rainbow. We had a minimal crew, um, lighting, camera, sound. And again, we would travel to various locations, as you as you well know, and, uh, and shot these things with all these various people with kids and all kinds of situations. So... It, it developed very similar to what we had done it and in South Carolina Studio C, and it was great. I mean, Lavar is, as I said, is a, a just a real professional, um, and was always willing to do. I mean, we would sometimes put him in some <laughs> unbelievable situations. I can remember when uh, <clears throat> we were shooting down in uh, Louisa in uh, yeah Louisiana outside of um, where the heck was it? Uh, not Baton Rouge. Um, I can't remember, but we were outside in, in this really funky place. And it was this uh, it was this place we shot in. And there was a book called Alligator Farm. 
I believe. <clears throat> and um, so the piece was revolving on alligators. So we had found this uh, alligator farm, an actual alligator farm where they raise alligators. And it was this big, it must have been three or four acres of just swamp that was fenced in. And, and this guy owned this farm. His name was Klebert. Klebert's alligator farmer. He talked, he talked like this. He said, Yeah, I mean, you know, I've been here for about 40 years and we uh we've been raising these guys. I mean, we uh we feed them, uh, we feed them this stuff. We could well, what do you what do you feed them? Well, we feed them, we have these big giant, they're sort of like giant rats. And they they live they live out there in the swamp. What we do is we trap these guys, we trap them in these things, and then we bring them in, and we 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 cut them up, we freeze them. And then we have a big freezer out there. And then, you know, when it comes lunchtime, we just go out there and we, uh, we feed these things. Well, well, he was that kind of guy. And, um, and so I remember talking to this guy, he had, he had, uh, he had these two 20, we were out there in, in the, in this, we were in this fenced in area where all these alligators were. And so, cause LeVar, LeVar is out there too. So we're, we're like waiting, waiting around in this swamp water with these I mean there must have been 300 alligator out there and so wow. oh yeah oh yeah oh absolutely so and it was it was pitch black you know like murky brown so you couldn't see actually where they were unless they wanted to surface but I noticed that Klebert Klebert had these two pistols these two 22 caliber pistols in his back bike yeah so I said I said well Klebert I said why do you have two 22 caliber pistols back there and he said well you say what happens and one day one day I was out here and I only had one I mean I had one in my back pocket there he said so I was I was uh you know they, they know when it's lunchtime they come on up by themselves they wander up they know I feed them he said so uh, but one of them got a little frisky on me and um and so what happened was uh he I, I had my I had a big nutrient in my hand and he just jumped right up and grabbed my arm and he started dragging me out in that water. He said, now listen, you get, if they get you in that water, they get you in that water, they're going to twist you until you are dead. They're going to yank that arm right off you. And he said, but the problem was I kept reaching around trying to grab my pistol and I couldn't grab it. I couldn't get it. So I grabbed the daggum log and I beat the crap out of this thing. I smacked him over the head and he, he let go. Thank God I'd have been dead. He said, so ever since then, I carried two pistols in. He grabbed one arm, I can grab my pistol with the other. <laughs> oh, that's great. So, that, oh so, that, so that, was, that was a situation that we put LeVar in. <laughs> so so that's, uh, that, that's exactly, yeah. I mean, that's kind of, that's what we would do with LeVar. But he was, uh, a, he was, he was such a game player. I mean, he would, oh, yeah. he would do anything and he's, and he's just the, the loveliest guy. I mean, total professional, um, really, really a wonderful human being as well. And so it's, uh, I think, again, the children of this country who grew up watching him, I think, again, he did a, a great service to uh, maintain that, that necessity to continue reading throughout your life. And that's great. So it was a great show. Good group of people. Great Absolutely. operator. Yeah. Definitely. Um, so yeah, yeah. Definitely. So yeah, it was on for it was on for a long time too. Oh, like it's 20, been, oh my god. Years it was on. Yeah. I mean, I mean years and years and years. I don't I don't even know how many, but uh, I mean after a while, I think I think Lavar 
was trying to restart it again. Um, he may have, or at least in the process of. Um, Probably in the process, I think. Yeah, I think so. I can't, I can't really remember, but uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I think he's still trying to, I know he does, does some things with, with that. And I don't know whether he's got the rights to it now. Um, I know they've uh -huh. sold it. Uh, Larry and Cecily did. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, but it, yeah, it's been on for a long time. Um, but uh, now have you, have you guys watched or did you ever watch any of the Sid and Marty Croft shows? I did. Some yes. of them. Yeah. Some of them, yeah. I, I, I did hear of it. I did. Uh, I definitely me. had family members who grew up with HR uh, Puff and stuff. Oh yeah. HR oh, Puff and stuff's a great one. Yeah. And then oh, I saw yeah. a couple episodes of it too. It's a very interesting show. And oh, uh, yeah. And you know, with you know Mutt and stuff, which I know you directed. We previously interviewed Calvin. You did. Um, yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's great! Oh my God, that's wonderful. He is wonderful. Uh, he's, he's, he's great. So I wish amazing. I'd known some of the, the. You were doing this, some of the stuff. This is good. This is really great. Yeah, no, he's yeah. he's really really good. He, and you know, when yes. he first, we first started with him, he'd never done anything. He he wasn't uh, he wasn't an actor. He wasn't he was right. he was you know just you know the son of um you know what uh what's his name <laughs> the Calvin Don, Malone the or no Caesar yeah. Caesar. Caesar, Caesar Milan, yeah. Yes, uh, yes. Yeah, so he was, you know, the son. And so, you know, he took acting. We, we got him into an acting coach and um, helped him with that. And uh, But he did great. I mean, he was yeah. uh, he was really into it, really enjoyed it. And the puppeteers on that show are great, too, because there's Drew Massey, Victor Yared, Donna Kimball, a lot of wonderful puppeteers on that show. Oh, totally, yes. totally, totally. Yeah, I mean, uh, they're a really great group. And that's the thing about, you know, all these these people that we that you work in work with especially if you're in the puppet world um you end up working with them all the time you know on and off different projects different shows uh you're always doing something with them which is great or or if you're doing a show show you always want to bring them into it so they can be a part of it you know um right. so uh, i mean we just we did a pilot show that uh, never aired it was a pilot with mayim bialik you know from the big oh, Bang yeah, theory yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and it, uh, it 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 was for it was through the Sid and Marty Croft Pictures uh, Company. Um, it uh, and and it was supposed to go. I think it was yeah. It was gonna it was going to be. It was for Nickelodeon. We did the pilot. Um, it was a great pilot, I thought. Um, but we had uh, we had uh, Victor was on there as well, and uh, he played a a drone. We had a a a, lot, a real flying puppet drone. That uh, that was part of one of the characters in the in the pilot, and oh, wow. uh, yeah, and we could we'd fly the thing around, and it would had a mouth and eyes, and it would move, and we had it was all done uh, RF, you know, controlled off off screen, and uh, hmm. it worked it worked really really well. And so Victor was the voice for that; he he played the voice on that one for us too. So you're always trying to bring these these people in and in the show to be a part of what you're doing, and it's. Uh, um, it's always great to continue to work with them because they're they're all so daggum talented. Oh yeah, um, yeah, I mean, just really amazing people. So, Definitely. Yeah. Yep, yep. Definitely. So you're also directed the Nick Jr. series, Rika's Castle, like you mentioned a bit, a, bit, a bit earlier. What was that like for you to get, get to work Castle. on that? Oh my gosh, that was uh, the, the great thing about that was that we you know we won. We won, we were, we, we didn't even expect it, but we ended up winning what at that time is kind of an equivalent to, uh, 
in the cable world uh, to an Emmy. And it was called the Ace Award. And uh, we won Nickelodeon's very first Ace Award with that show. And it oh, wow. was, oh yeah. Ooh. And uh, it was it was really a great, uh, it was one of these great shows that, um, that, you know, everybody was working so such a great team and we all trusted each other so much. And, um, you know, like sometimes we, I, I would just leave it up to the puppeteers to figure out, you know, how, not to figure out, but to see what they wanted to do or how, you know, how we wanted to do it or let's do this or, or we go over a script and we would go, well, and what if we did this, you know, maybe that would happen, you know, and let's try that. And then we would just, we would do all these kind of fun stuff that would just kind of like go for it. And, uh, and we did, and it, it just came out like crazy. And of course, you know, Noel, Noel McNeil play, it was uh, yeah. Magellan. Mm -hmm. uh, he played Magellan on on that, uh, as well as Bear and Bear in the Big Blue House. He was uh, he was that as well. But um, he he is truly one of the quintessential bodysuit performers that you will ever meet in a million years. Um, but uh, Eureka's Castle was great. We were kind of uh, fumbling along as we went to try to design and figure out how things we would how we would do this or that or whatever. And um, again, the budget was limited and. Um, and again, the crew was great. You know, Cheryl Blaylock, another great puppeteer. And um, we had, uh, again, Pam, Arce Pam, let's see, Pam Arciera and uh, Brian Meal. They played oh, yeah. the, the two moat monsters, uh, Quag and, uh, uh, let's see, Quag, Quag, and what was the other one? I can't remember the other one's name now. Quagmire um, uh, uh, was one of them. Quagmire. And, oh my uh, gosh! Oh, oh, uh, oh. <laughs> I, you know, I can't remember either. It's like so funny. It's been a while. Um, I can't either. I, I, I know. Uh, I know. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, bog, 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 the bog and Quagmire. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. Oh, are, are you talking about? Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Thanks. Quagmire and Bog. Yes. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. 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 The great yeah. thing about Eureka's Castle that was kind of like at the kind of like the beginning of Nick Jr. because that was like one of their like first shows. Oh yeah. Yeah, it was. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, and uh, and they and they loved it. They, you know, we we did oh, about yeah. two or three seasons, I think. We actually, again, when when Nickelodeon, because as I mentioned earlier, um, the U Universal Studios dead in Florida in Orlando, uh, they had they moved the, a facility down there. They created a big soundstage down there for themselves, not not part of Universal, but their own their own soundstage. And they were down there for a number of years and they produced a lot of shows. We did, uh, we did a lot of Double Dare out of there. Um, mm -hmm. uh, shows out of, out of that stage. Uh, we first did them, as I mentioned, in one of the Universal stages while they were building uh, Nickelodeon stages. And so once they were done, then we started moving over there. But uh, yeah, we shot, we shot a lot of the Eureka Castle specials down there with, um, uh, there was one that we did with, um, Oh my God, his name went out of my head as well. Um, oh. And I just was thinking about it. Now he was—he's passed away now. He's a singer. Um, hmm. Luther Vandross. Luther Vandross. Little Luther Vandross. Good for you. I, I, I love yeah, that yeah. special. I love that special. Oh uh, yeah, that was so much fun. We had such a great time with that. And he was—he was again. He was amazing. And it was—you know—he'd never done anything like that before. Um, he just kind of let us do what we needed to do and you know did it and he was he was a lot of fun so we shot several specials down there and um because we had it was a nice big stage we had 
better sets at that point. Um, and, uh, but yeah, I mean, it was, it, it was really great. Cause you know, when you start out these things brand new for the very first time and, and, you know, and nobody knows anything about any of it, meaning the, the, the production company, i.e. Nickelodeon, they're like, going, Oh, well, what is this going to be? And, and it's all this kind of, you're, you're just building it from the ground up. And, uh, that was what was so fun about it. Um, and we created a, such a close knit group and a close knit family there. And it was, um, really wonderful as a matter of fact another part of that show um uh the head writer was um ron stein rob stein ron stein i don't know if you know who that is he he did all of the goosebumps oh yes mm-hmm. yeah yes and um and so uh he was our head writer at that time this was this was before goosebumps and uh so he's gone on to do to do obviously do quite well um and uh, so that uh that's developed from that. And, uh, and then of course, everybody kind of went off and did other things beyond that. And then, you know, Jim and I uh, worked again on um, an, a, a Disney show uh, called um, Johnny and the Sprites. Yes. Yes. And, uh, great, and, great show. Yeah, that was great. Johnny is, well, Johnny's now gone on to, he's now down at Henson now. Yep. And yep. He, he was a part of Splash and Bubbles and helped with that. And he's, been doing a lot of the the new reboot of Fraggle Rock, which they shot up at. Yes. he was a part of that as well, and so he's gonna. But he and I stayed very close together as time went on, and he's just he's another great, great, great talent. Um, but again, a lot of the puppeteers were involved in in that. Um, you know, uh, and I believe, I believe you also have uh, talked to. Um, oh my God, she played. She was on. Um, on uh, Johnny the Sprites, played one of the Sprites. Uh, was it Leslie? Uh, uh, yes, Leslie. yes, Leslie Carrera. Leslie Carrera. Love Leslie. Yeah, she was one of the yes. Sprites. And then, and of course, Jim Krupa was there. And and, um, and let's see, I'm trying to think who else was one of the Sprites. Uh, uh, Noel um, and uh, Tim Legas. I don't know if you know Tim Legas. Yeah, yeah Tim, Tim was there. Carmen was there, and I think yes, Heather, and Heather, Heather Ash. Yeah, Carmen was there. Yeah, yeah, and Heather, Heather was there as well. You're right. Yeah. You're right. So, uh, and that was a lot of fun too. That was great. And that was yes. we had a beautiful set in that thing. Um, beautiful set was designed for that. Uh, so, I mean, that was a a huge house, literally, um, and with a whole big garden and all that stuff. And and that was shot, and believe it or not, out in. Uh, Astoria and the sound stages out there in New York, same place that Sesame would shoot, right? Um, mm-hmm. Out there, so that was all done out there at the same place. And we we'd always go, sometimes go back and forth, go, "Hey, what you doing today?" Oh, no, we're doing this. <laughs> it was kind of a <laughs> little group of people back and forth there. So, yeah, but uh, but yeah, no, that was another great great show that uh, that that came out of all that. And you know, Johnny's a, is really an amazing theater actor. And that's where that's where he came from. And um, but boy, was he uh, he's so talented. He's just such a talented man. Oh, yeah. And has continued to be so and do do quite quite wonderful work. For sure. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. A lot of a lot of them uh, are just wonderful. Like we said, Leslie's just amazing. Carmen, we've had on as well. She's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a lot of a lot of wonderful people and even on eureka's castle we've we've also had uh cheryl blaylock which oh, just yeah. a delight yeah we've had That's her on. She's great. uh yeah 
Yeah, absolutely, absolutely wonderful. You should, you should try to get Jim, Jim Krupa. Oh, Jim, he'd be great, yeah. Jim, I will Jim, tell you, Jim be is, great. he is unbelievable. Uh, Jim, I mean, be, he, Jim would be really cool. Jim, yeah. not only, I mean, not only is it, he's, of course, he he played badly in your yep. castle, but I mean, not only is he um, a great puppeteer and an and actor, but he's an amazing puppet builder. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, ama- he, in fact, he's done a lot of just puppet building on his own without having to necessarily be a performer. Um, yeah, I know his he, team built the uh, puppets for Between the Lions. Yep. Which it, yep. those puppets are just they're awesome. And, and, and those are another great group of people. You know, I was on that show. Yes. I did several episodes yes. of that as well. And Jim was on that show. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh but that's see, that's what's so great about about all these characters and guys that you know there really isn't that many, you know, when you really look at the at the at the group of, of world of puppets. Um and uh, so you end up working with a lot of them, bringing a lot of them in. I mean, Carmen worked with us on um, on a show that I did for, I think at that it was Sprout uh, called The Chica Show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. And yes. Uh, she, was, she was on that with us. Um, and uh, so that was another one that we did. Uh, so again, you try to bring these people in that, um, you know, that you can uh, continue to work with because you know exactly what you're going to get and who, how they're going to be and and how talented they are. And they come up with all kind of crazy, great stuff, which is also fun. See, that's the fun thing about it. They're so funny. I mean, the thing is every day, I'm telling you, you you go into the, a, a work day and you don't stop laughing. I mean, you just do not stop laughing because when the camera shuts off, oh, oh my goodness gracious. <laughs> I uh. mean, it is, it is something else. It is, <laughs> it is something else. So uh, yeah. But it's it's just hilarious. I mean, I just I was laughing constantly, and that's what I love about my job. <laughs> I mean, I go into work and I laugh all day. I mean, it's like, hey, what 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 better job can you have? You know, exactly. Yeah. Right. 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 And I just I just wanted to share this again. This is an old Eureka's Castle postcard. Um, post production. Can we get this up Good. on the screen here? Yes. Thank you. Um, Cheryl actually sent this to me. I guess maybe she been did. Or so. Yes, oh. and it's it is it is autographed on the back here. Oh, uh, look at that! These are these are printed, but this is actually autographed by yeah, Eureka. I remember. It's 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 interesting because the the year on this is nineteen ninety. I was born a decade after Eureka's Castle premiered, so this was a little bit before my time. But you know, with it with it being on Paramount Plus and everything, it is actually a wonderful show. It really it is. is. Oh, and, I'm uh, glad you think every, so. Everybody's just wonderful on that show. Uh, Thank you, Cheryl, for this. I, I yeah, nice, nice little, nice, yeah. nice, nice little, nice little throwback there. Um, yeah, yeah. I think that's one of the first times I've ever shown this on this show. Um, you were, <laughs> you were also your best show. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, and hi to you if, if you're watching this. Yeah. Yes. Well, yes, listen, yes, yes. They, I, I'm sure they all love you guys. I, I'm telling you. Oh yeah. But uh, but ab- absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. 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 yeah uh, you were you were also a director on the number of the Double Dare series for Nickelodeon, as you touched upon earlier. I guess that's that's a very unique show for its time uh, back then, because I don't think there was anything unlike it. Uh, what was it like working on Double Dare? Well, you know, it's funny. We started that. It started shooting. They did the pilot. Oh God, it was this crazy. I wasn't involved at that time. It was this crazy <laughs> little little thing that they 
put together at a studio and not even a studio, like in the, in somebody's office that they just kind of like, mm. it's like a crazy kind of a, like, Oh, this is kind of what we're talking about. And, um, and, and, and then it evolved. And then the director um, on that, uh, who became a friend of mine uh, was uh, they, they went to, they shot it in, uh, in Philadelphia, in the city mm -hmm. of, yeah, in the city of Philadelphia at the PBS station at one of their studios um, in Philadelphia. And, um, and so uh, they, they, they shot it there. And then I'm trying to remember, I think, I think what happened was they, the director wanted to, to start producing or something. I can't remember what it was, but they brought me in at that point. Um, and then I came in and I did some of those, I did their, the run of those shows there at, at, uh, uh, at, at, at Philadelphia. And, um, and then that's when we, um, moved it when, when the Nickelodeon studios or, or when Universal came down there and Nick was going to build their studio down there. That's when they moved us, uh, down to that studio down in, in, uh, in Orlando. And, um, but it was, I didn't get that. could you try again? My watch is talking now. <laughs> my, yes, you are. You are speaking at 100%. And I am. <laughs> you know, um, we, I, I can't tell you how many times we, I think that might be the first time that's ever happened on this show. I think <laughs> if, if, if not, then what a very few, I don't, I don't think that's ever happened. <laughs> That's really funny. That's great. <laughs> oh my god, I love it. Um, but yeah, so so you know uh, when we shot that, so they brought me in, and and then um, uh, the director started producing, and I was directing, and so but that show, the way we do those shows, and the way all game shows are shot today, you do like five shows in a day, mm -hmm. and um, so we we what we do is we do we shoot because we shoot live to tape. Uh, we go straight into it. We don't do any like, you know, this and another take of that. And that we just, it's like, it, we just go. And um, if, if there's a mistake at that time, there was no real, I mean, you, you would do edits on the fly at, with the machine itself. So they would, they, we, they would set a, a, an edit cue on the tape machine. And then we would roll back and they'd do the playback of where we left off and then we would pick right up right at that point they would hot edit right back to the studio and then we would continue on if we made a mistake for whatever reason or if there was a problem or a kid did something whatever anyway so we would do five of them and we would we would shoot uh two of them we'd have to do a turnaround because as you know they get pretty sloppy and everything else you know things the gack and all that mess gets everywhere and so in between shows we got to clean all that up we get a new fresh set of kids in and stuff, and then we shoot the next one. So within a day's time, we do we do five half hours in, in a day, and with the audience coming in and out, and um, and that's that's kind of how it's done. Um, and that's the same way that Carmen San Diego was done, so very similar to that. Uh, we would do four or five in a day, and uh, and acapella was there, a rockapella, I should say. Yeah, was there was there yes. every day. They were amazing. Oh my god. They're so talented. Oh yeah, they've gone off and mm -hmm. they're their own thing now. But um, each person has gone off and done their separate stuff. But uh, another great group of people. Um, but uh, 
so that's that's the sort of the format of that show but it was very very sloppy as a matter of fact the you know that all the green stuff for example you know when you see somebody slide off the slide into this big pool of of green yuck um all of all of the products all of the stuff that was either thrown into people or thrown at people or people dropped into or whatever they were all based on food products so they all came. I think I think I've heard about that they, yeah they all because we had to legally we could never do some weird it had to be food a food grade product and so for example the 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 green slime or goop was uh was pudding was vanilla pudding with food coloring right yeah and so they would that slide about the right. yeah and um and so you know anything it was like it could be chocolate this or chocolate that or whatever but uh i mean it was quite the cleanup was quite we had we actually in the set we had to build troughs there were these little graded graded troughs right at the base of the set and we would just sweep <laughs> they would squeegee because everything was giant uh, rubber matting floor and we would just squeegee all this junk into the into this trough and just hose it out the drain and down and so that's how that's how we would be able to clean up uh in between you know sets and uh and then of course when it came time to do to run the 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 uh physical challenge we'd have to take time stop down and we'd put all the stuff out and then the kids that would win and we a lot of times we would we would whoever would win during the day we would hold over those those people who won so that they could you know run the physical challenge so once the physical challenge was up we just ran everybody through it you know each right. each game that people won it was their turn to run through and then we would do the ending of the show and then the next person would win so we would we would break it up that way but um another another great great group of people and of course mark summers was is probably one of the most talented people I know and uh he can do anything and nothing throws him um at all uh but he is you know he uh, and, and he's very open about this he um he's very um I'd say what there's a there's a word for it it's uh he's very tactile uh fixated um uh, meaning um he had this phobia about getting dirty and, and stuff clean, you know, on him and stuff, even though he's doing this game show and he's getting smacked with pies and this and, and stuff's getting all over. But as soon as we would finish a show, he would dive into the shower and he would have to take, he would have to take a shower. Um, but, but he, and he lived with that all of his life. And, um, and so, but yet he's very open about it. He actually does, uh, does these events where he talks about it and to try to help people who have the same uh, condition that he does to really try to help them understand it and to to live with it and that sort of thing. And but he he's gone on and do so many things. I mean, obviously he did uh, Restaurant Impossible. After oh, that, yeah. I'm not sure if you know that on on the Food Network. Um, oh, yeah. I did several several of those shows with him. Um, uh, luckily, he didn't have to get messy in that. <laughs> he was <Yeah. laughs> he was not in that. Uh, but, uh, he was producing behind the scenes. Um, but yeah, Mark was great. And, uh, again, all the other, the characters on, on that were, uh, really, really, really super people. Um, and then that's the thing about this business, you know, it's like, um, you know, it's not anyone, it's not just one person that makes the whole thing work. It really isn't. It, it takes the collective, it takes everybody working together as a team.
And if you can't do that, you're never, you're not going to have a very successful show. Right. And luckily, luckily in my career, I've been able to work with a, a group of people that have been very collaborative and very open and very supportive. And I feel very fortunate that because sometimes in this business, it's not necessarily that way at all. Um, and, and yet luckily my, in my experiences, it's been really a great one. So, you know, I can't, I can't complain at all. Not at all. Definitely. So going back to, uh, directing for uh puppets a little bit uh you mentioned uh directing for bear in the big blue house what, what was yes. it like working on that yeah, that was that was really fun because um it, it, it no no well noel going back to noel real quick um i have never seen somebody who can't see where they are going with the exception of a monitor that's attached under his costume looking down like this okay with his arm over his head singing and dancing up and down a set of steps he would do that all the time oh yeah and not and not mm -hmm. miss a beat not miss a beat and i have never ever seen anybody be able to do that i mean it was incredible he would that he could do that um uh so again he was another one of those wonderful people um and uh but the sh the series itself was really really fun because we built everything was built four feet off the ground the entire the entire working area with um with all the cameras all the cameras were up on this were four feet off the ground so we had a set of steps that we all had to go up to because the set was all built up because Bear had to, you know, walk around everywhere throughout these various sets. Um, and, but all the puppets were underneath, were down in, in troughs in the floor. So the floor was, was gridded and we could pull up certain channels in the floor. So for example, you know, when I was blocking a, a scene, I knew where my characters were gonna be going within a scene. So we would just pull up those particular channels so that they could physically move through the set and yet in follow bear. So for example, if they would needed to follow bear around the room, you know, he would be, he knew where to not go. We would make sure that we put little areas that he could feel that he would want him to step off into something, but then they could walk around with him and, and, you know, be with him um, up on, you know, and be in the floor and then still be, be right there. Um, so that was a lot of fun. That was great to work, work out all of those logistics. Um, and then, um, you know, it, it again, again, all the, the puppeteers that were a part of that um, were just incredible. I, I mean, um, and I'm trying to think of, of let's see, uh, what was the, the, the mouse? I'm Tutter, yeah. Peter Lenz, yeah. Peter Lenz. Well, you know, Peter is now doing Kermit. And yeah. um, uh, no, I'm sorry, he's not. No, that's that's um, Matt. Matt, Hold Matt, 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 Matt's doing, but he's doing, I mean, he does a lot of characters uh, now for Henson. He's sort of, I mean, for uh, Disney, he's really part, uh, Peter is really a part of the Yeah, Muppet. he's doing Statler, Lips, right. Uh, right. a whole bunch of characters. And on Sesame Street is now Ernie and Harry Monster. Yeah. It's yeah. like, yeah, he's yeah, I mean, they're a lot under his belt nowadays. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, again, they've just all skyrocketed to amazing places and you know and it's it's just uh it's really great you should you should get peter on peter's a wonderful guy to talk to he's uh he's delightful 
Yeah, after I... after after the strikes over, we'll actually be speaking to uh, him and uh, Noel, which you mentioned. Oh, we'll good. To, yeah. Well, you yeah. well you tell both of them if you if you do do that, you tell both of them that I said hello. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yes, 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 give them my love. <laughs> yes, yeah, Pierre, he definitely he... will. Yeah, yes, no, Pierre, he's he's absolutely wonderful. Yeah, and um, and. <laughs> And and far enough, uh, gosh, it's so weird. It's like like a, now, like a few weeks ago, that even happened. Like gosh, so a few weeks ago, I actually actually went to the the Kennedy Center at Washington because Jen and Peter were there for oh. sort of Cleo and Theo were doing like a performance at the for the expo, and and met them. You know, and I. Actually, actually, me like I, and and Chris surf. They're they're absolutely wonderful. Um, they, they, this was there. Yeah. Was Chris there? Yeah. Chris uh -huh. was there, yeah. Yeah. Well, so I, I haven't seen the whole story. I haven't seen Chris in a long time. Oh, that's great. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah oh, we yeah. chat with um with him and, and Norman in the past too. They're yeah. absolutely wonderful. You know, we all did. It's interesting you, you mentioned bring them up because we all did a show. Down in uh, where the heck was this? North Carolina, I, you know? Uh, no, Georgia. No, no, Alabama. Alabama called the Hound of Sound. Did they ever? Oh, yeah, Lomax Lo Lo Sound of Music. Yeah, that was that was a wonderful show. Yeah. Yeah, that was really fun. Where they all they all were traveling around in this uh, in a train. And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. The thing about that show is a lot of the Between the Lions uh, puppeteers were in that too, because. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Jim Jen and Peter and yeah. Jim Krupa, Pam. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Right, Jen was there, and yeah, it was a lot. Of, it was great. It was really, really good. Um, we we have we had a lot of fun with that too, as well. That's great that you bring up Chris and Norman. That's I'm nice. I'm glad that they were there. That's great. Yeah, and but Be Between the Lions is such a wonderful show too, because you know it's a very curricular kind of driven mm -hmm. show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really, it really was. Um, you know, we did uh, we did a, a the, one of the shows I did was called uh, Spider and the Lie. And, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. And I, yeah. Yeah, and I shot it because I, I it was a whole kind of a film noir sort of feel to it. And uh, and Jim played Krupa played played this uh, this crazy character that was trying to I think I can't remember what thing was trying to steal something out of somebody or or, or hmm. steal a book or or I don't know what it was. But uh, anyway, so it was it was really fun to shoot because I it was completely stylized um you know very different from you know all we sh i shot it all in black and white and uh and it was really a lot it was fun it was really really great to work with i mean that, again that's like i said it's so much fun to work with all these guys because uh again you never know what you're gonna get <laughs> never know yeah. what's gonna happen. in fact i worked with matt in that show a lot um uh as well so uh you know he's uh he's i haven't seen matt in a long time but um, he's he's really great. I don't know. I don't know where he's. I don't know if he's in L.A. now or not. He might be. But um, anyway, aside from uh, those shows, you also briefly directed for uh, Sesame Street for one of their home videos, The Adventures of Elmo and Grouchland, Sing and Play. God, how did you find you are finding all this stuff out? <laughs> you're, amazing. <laughs> you're amazing. Holy crap. Yeah, no, I, I, did. Have to. I did. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, that was. Uh, yeah, we, we they had just finished. The way that worked was they had just finished um, shooting Elmo in Grouchland, the film, yeah. Elmo in Grouchland. And so again, we, we had, you know, zero money. 
And so uh, to do this, and we were trying to figure out, okay, well, you know, what, how do we do, what do we do with it? You know? So what I did was they were about to throw out the sets for Elmo and Grashline. I said, no, wait, 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 wait. Let me see if I can, and they, they had like maybe two of the, some of the major sets left. So I said, oh my God, don't throw them out. Let me use them <laughs> for this, for this, you know, home video. And so we, you know, we managed to scarf up what was left over and, and pull that stuff together and, uh, and made this set. And, um, you know, and uh, there we go. We were able to have something to do and shot it down there in, in, uh, and was it in Wil they shot it now it was in Wilmington. They were shooting Elmo and Grashline out of the Wilmington studios down there. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we went down and uh, shot that for, I think maybe two days. I can't remember two or three days, but, uh, but yeah, that was, uh, that was quite a kind of, kind of crazy time. Cause we, we literally started out with no set, nothing. <laughs> we had to like, oh, wow. scar yeah, we had to like scrounge to get it together, but we did, we did. It turned out, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. It, and that was great when I, cause that was the first time I'd had a chance to really work with Kevin, Kevin Clash. Oh and, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And, uh, and so that was, that was great. And then he and I, we, there was another, even after that, there was a project that he and I were trying to get off the ground. It never did, but um, so we continued to stay in touch and we, we've continued to stay in touch to this day. So, um, and he's doing great. I did a show for PBS called uh, Donna's day and it was kind of a, um, it was kind of a show. It was sort of one of these uh, how-to shows. It was like a DIY kind of a show for parents, uh, you know, to do activities with their kids. And um, mm -hmm. and I shot it all as as a one take. It was it was all done as one take? Each each thing, each like building or how to build a particular, or, you know, create this this uh, activity. We shot the whole thing in one take. And one of the one of the shows we did down there was with Kermit and Kermit, uh, because we were going to be airing at one point, uh, Henson was had a, had a, a cable network called, uh, was it called uh, O or something, something can't remember it was, but it was their own network. And so we were doing the show, we were going to air this, the series on the, on that network. I mean, it aired on PBS, but then we were going to air it on, on this uh, Henson show. And, and Margaret Lesh, who went on to do a, a, amazing stuff, um, was the, at that point was heading up, um, heading up this cable operation. And um, anyway, so, so we, we, it was one of Steve's, you know, last, uh, last things that we did and with him um, before he left, well, not last, but it was, it was one of the things we did with him down there. And he came, we shot it in Orlando uh, on location. And, mm -hmm. uh, and he was again, an amazing, just as, as they all are really, you know, quite something. The characters were just uh, phenomenal. And he was, I'm glad that you guys had a chance to meet up with him. Um, Cause he's, uh, he's just really got a lot of stories and um, very, very talented. So. Oh yeah. yeah. So really good, uh, good stuff. Good yes, stuff. absolutely. Absolutely. Moving ahead in time, you also got to direct the PBS series Zoom. For those wondering, this is the uh, the later incarnation of Zoom, not the seventies one. Just yeah. to differentiate yeah. the two, just yeah. to be sure. That that is true. Yeah, I did. You know, it's funny. We did the the pilot, 
And then I don't know whether we continued on with that. I would direct, I know I'm trying to remember whether we did or not or whether they did. They may have continued on with it, but it was, it was just a whole new group of kids. And we, again, we shot it up in Boston and uh, at their studios up there. Um, and it, it was, uh, we just, we tried to change it up a little bit and do some things that were a little different than what the other series was. Um, I think it, it, it ended up going, um, for whatever reason, I think they wanted to keep it within house with their people or something. Cause they brought me in from, from New York to shoot it. I was living in New York at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, it was the pilot that I ended up doing and, uh, and that was good. It was great. It was a great group of people. And, and funny <laughs> after that, I also ended up doing a, um, a game show for them called, um, uh, what was it called? Uh, uh, fetch with Ruff Ruffman. Uh, Scar, what was that? Uh, was it a Fetch with Ruff Ruffman? No, okay, it's not like a game show called, for them uh, or something. Not uh, what the heck was mm-hmm. it? I can't remember the name of it. But uh, but yeah, so uh, did a game show up there as well. And uh, I mean, I've done. I mean, that's the thing. I that's what's so great about what I feel like I've been able to do um is i've been involved in a lot of different projects i have it a lot of times directors um you know will get pigeonholed i mean they, they'll only be able to do one thing that's all you get hired to do you know like it maybe all you get hired to do is a kid show all you get hired to do is a live event show or all you get to do is a well i've done everything you know i did i did for disney we did you know at the kennedy center we did a live uh, a live show which actually had fred on it um and um it was a big event back when um when bill clinton was inaugurated the day before so it was a big inaugural special so i've I've done all of those kinds of projects game shows uh soap operas uh the whole the whole thing and so (laughs) my dog is barking in the background uh i've been able to do a variety of things and so you know i find i find that i've been very fortunate in that in that way i think a lot of people who come up through the ranks um they basically only get hired to do x and um and i've been able to do a variety of things and so and all those things and i have a music background i was a, a rock and roll musician back in the day when i started playing oh, wow. oh yeah i started playing drums when i was in the sixth grade and um and then when i was in the 10th grade i was with a big nine piece uh rock band and we traveled all over the southeast uh backing up all kind of motown uh people and then we have we had our own set we'd be like a warm-up band and then we would back up various performers and and we traveled all over the southeast doing all kind of things that was a drummer and uh did that for probably four or five three or four years and uh nice so that was really fun to do and so that part of my upbringing you know feeds over into everything that you do after and music has played such a you know, valuable part of my, my career. And uh, in the Studio C show that I was telling you about, I was, you know, because of my music background, I helped produce and did produce all of the music that we had. We had a a band, we had a rock and roll band that did all original music for that show. And so we would produce it all specifically for whatever segment it was. And, uh, and I was able to produce those because of my background with music. And so it was really, uh, it, it's, it's, it's done, you know, quite well and served me, served me well. So, um, yeah, all good stuff there. Absolutely. 
Yes. So you also got to direct in Ireland on the popular Sprout series, like kind of mentioned earlier, Pajamas. What's that show like? Yeah, that was uh, that was a really fun show because the again it was um, a low budget. It was for Henson, and um, and everybody uh, with the well, Victor was with us, and uh, he he we brought him in. Um, and, uh, and Jack Jameson, who I believe you folks have spoken to. Yes, we have. Where I met Jack on that show. And Jack and I have become very, very close, uh, since then. And, um, and so he was on that show and Victor and, um, uh, and Donna, uh, Donna Kimball was there as well. Um, I'm trying to think who else was, was in there from our, we had, we had, we had, uh, Two puppeteers, several puppeteers from from Ireland who were on it, who were very very good, and um, and we, as I said, we shot it in this in this. It was basically a warehouse. It was not a studio at all, and it was a warehouse. And they just put in a grid in this warehouse, but the warehouse had no, you know, sound insulation whatsoever. So we were, and they were, <laughs> they were building down literally down the end of the block where we were. They were building a, a new train depot, so there were this massive, you know, jackhammering and and steel banging and stuff going on. And as I mentioned, we would send we would send a PA down. They would be going crazy, and we would say, "Hey, look, can you stop for like ten minutes just so we can get the scene shot?" And, and then we would <laughs> we would keep we would keep the the PA down there on a walkie. And then when we, you know, somebody we yell cut, you know, then they could let the guys go back to working again. (laughs) And they were, they were very accommodating. I mean, they were really great guys. Um, But, uh, and Ireland was beautiful. Northern Ireland was just, oh my God, it was just such a beautiful, beautiful place. And I I would, I really want and have want to go back again. Um, It was done by uh, a really great company called 16 South. And, and they've gone on to do really some wonderful animation, uh, animation work uh, out of that and from that studio. Um, yeah. And uh, and so that uh, uh, Colin, um, let's see, what is his last name? Colin is the he's the owner of the company. Um, good guy. Uh, but the show was was really fun. We we uh, again, the budget was very, very small. Uh, we were having to. A lot of these people had never worked with puppets before. And uh, so we, there was a lot of uh, training uh, involved with uh, with how to frame, you know, for puppet world and because and, there's a specific way of doing that. Um, we shot everything single camera. It was not a multi-camera show. And so the, the camera operator was just phenomenal. What we, what we did was we would build, we built a series of scaffolds that would we the camera would be up above everybody else. So there'd be a floor, but the scaffolding was strictly for for the camera and the camera operator. And so he would do, and we had the operator was on like a, a short boom so that we could do camera moves um, on the boom. But it, you know he didn't have to physically dolly the thing. He could just boom the, boom the arm. But everything had to be very strategically placed and designed. We had to know where we were going to go and. Um, so everything could be preset for that particular scene or that particular shot because it was a single camera, um, but it worked out really, really well. And uh, and this operator was fantastic. He he was the lighting. He was the the DP basically, 
and uh, everything it just was very very good. They they did a beautiful job. Um, oh yeah, and everybody was really happy with it, and uh, and the sets were just phenomenal. Um, they turned out really really well. It was just that we were we were always fighting, you know, taxi cabs and and uh, you know backfires from trucks and that hanging, and it was that rain. Oh, if it rained, we couldn't shoot. Mm. And because the rain was a metal, it was a metal roof. Oh, so, yeah. so when it rained, it you just you heard every raindrop hitting that metal, and we would literally. Right. It was like it was wow. like you were shooting. Yeah, it was like you were shooting outside. You know, if it rained, you had to stop and wait till it stopped. So, and we had to wait till it stopped, or at least the sound died down to where we didn't couldn't hear it. Uh, yeah, there were some right. times that we just we had no choice. We you know we were running out of time, and we just had to. They would have to go back and loop. They'd have to loop a scene or loop a shot or two or whatever. But, um, um, but that was, uh, yeah, that was, that was really, really fun. And, uh, but, and then the perk, just the perk of being able to on weekends, you know, get out and see the gorgeous Northern, Northern, even further beyond Belfast, Northern Island, which was, is just the coastline and just spectacular. So it was, it was a great, it's a beautiful city. The city itself is gorgeous. (laughs) Yes. Uh, moving from the Sprout side of things, you also got to direct the uh, Disney XD series Crash and Bernstein. Ah, yes. Another fantastic show. What was it like directing that? Good old Tim Legasse. Uh, he's really quite something. Uh, it, it was, it was, it was very, um, it was a lot of fun. I mean, the kids, the kids involved were great, were really great people, um, great kids uh it was uh and the sets were beautiful they were really beautifully done um and it was shot we shot it it, it, this format of that show is literally uh like a sitcom i mean it's shot just like a sitcom where where everything is uh there's a very it's a very fast paced you don't have a lot of time uh in between stuff of course with puppets you know the biggest issue was you know when they first started the series you know, it's learning how to work with puppets and how long it takes to work with a puppet and what puppets need and don't need and what they can and can't do. And so there was a, lot, a big learning curve for, for that series to uh, to do. Um, and uh, but it was great. I mean, the, 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 that was multi camera. So it was shot just like a regular sitcom would be shot, uh, all done live to, to tape and um, or to disc or however you want to say it, a digital. Um, and, um, everybody was really good. Uh, you know, they, by the time I was on it, they, you know, had gotten it worked, all the details, all the bugs were worked out pretty well. And, uh, so things just happened, you know, fairly easily. Um, Tim is probably the one that really kind of kept the show going. And, um, he just really is a very fun, funny, whimsical, um, uh, stuff just pops out of his head sometimes reactions and stuff um and uh and you know he had a he had a great group of people behind him uh helping him supporting him uh with puppet work and and designing because there, there was a uh a pup a technical advisor as part of the show that was a puppet technical advisor um and uh so that that helped uh, a lot with what you know uh, with Tim so Tim wasn't just all by himself having to deal with stuff um, but it was it was very challenging because of just the time frame um, you know it, you, you could the thing about working with kids is you can only work them so many hours in a day so 
um, you know, the schedule had to work around, you know, what characters were needed when, and if you're only working with adults or whatever, if it's only just the kids or what, you know, or how many kids you can work because they, you know, you can only work X kids this number of hours or whatever. And so, um, so my point is, is that that show, uh, um, had a lot of, uh, it, it was very demanding because of the timetable, because it was, we had to, we had to, you know, we were on a limited period of time and we just had to get it done. And, and yet you're dealing with major, major, um, you know, obstacles with, with props and pop-ups and stuff like that. So, but it was great. It was, it was all good. I never no, not have a great time when I'm working with a puppet. Like I said, I'm always laughing. I'm yeah. always laughing. So as we are close to wrapping up here, are there any words you'd like to say to those who have supported and followed your career? Well, I'll, I'll give a shout out to you guys. Uh, I think I think for the fact that you all have like uh, done really beautifully and and have certainly been so kind to even you know uh, followed uh, what I've done and and what all the of our other uh, compadres have done. I think um, you know it's it's such a specialized uh, field, the uh, the world of puppetry, and 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 everybody in it is so dedicated. It, it's it's unlike any other performing arts it, because um, it's, it's, it's this um, dedication to having it survive and be and, and, and live on in perpetuity, just like Jim did. And that was his whole goal. He never wanted to uh, have things go away. I know that when Jim wanted to move into other areas, he wanted to make sure that there would be somebody there to continue on with his characters that he created, these beloved characters, and that's what Henson has done. And uh, people like, uh, you know, about uh, Hallie, who is one of the um, uh, central characters in, or I should say, uh, people at Henson. Um, and she she is uh, has done such a beautiful job at at uh, keeping the integrity of the characters and, and integrity of puppets in general, uh, moving through through all of this. And so I just say that uh, your continued interest in what we're all doing um, means a lot to all of us, you know, because uh, I think it's important and it's important to also realize that, you know, all of us certainly in the puppet world and in, and in entertainment in general, you know, we all have people in these positions, we all have an obligation and a responsibility to our, uh, our audience because you can either use that to, uh, to promote violence or you can use it to promote good and, and to educate. And um, I think that uh, we have that responsibility as the people who are in charge and in control. And so the fact that it's, it has influenced people like yourselves in a very, very positive way uh, gives us uh, great console to know that we are, are doing our job. And uh, so we are, we are thrilled that you folks have enjoyed everything that we've all done and hopefully continue to do. So thank you, uh, thank you very much. And thanks for letting me be a part of uh, what you guys are doing here. I think it's, uh, I think it's phenomenal. Um, I really, really do. And, and um, so uh, carry on. Yes, thank you so much. You, and if, uh, if people would like to connect with you, where can people find you? Well, they can find me on uh, Hugh at HughMartinProductions.com. 
Uh, it's all one word, productions.com. And uh, I'll be more than glad to say hi or reach out or whatever they want to do. Yes, so, and your website will be in the description down below for people to uh, connect. So um, the very last question that Jake's about to ask is a question we ask all of our guests at the end. Go ahead, Jake. Thank you, Chris. So, of course, this podcast is called Jake's Happiness Solo Show. Yeah, look at that. Um, when you think of nostalgia, what do you think of, or in your own words, how would you define the word nostalgia? I would uh, define it as um, in one word or several. <laughs> several. I, I mean, several. I, I mean, it can it can be both. Um, <laughs> it can't be both. I think it is a a wonderful encyclopedia of talent in the world around us um certainly in the world of children's and for you all to continue doing what you're doing will just build that library that you have created and and add to the encyclopedia and that we can then thumb through the pages of your encyclopedia as time goes on to see the various pages and stories that have been unfolded on your channel. Absolutely, great words, Don. It's, it's been a pretty, pretty big encyclopedia, I'll say that, and uh, it's it's bound to grow a lot more from here. So I'm sure it will. You guys are doing great work. You really, really are. Thank you. Thank yes. you very much. Thank you. It means a lot. Well, awesome. Hugh, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. This was a blast. Yes. Thank you. Thank you very much. Absolutely. And if you're ever looking for somebody to talk to about Magic School Bus, you can turn into my wife. She would, I mean, if you're interested in that, she can, she has a lot of great stories about that. So, that would sure, be nice. Yeah, yes. Be great. Let us, just let us yes, know. Yes, that'd be wonderful. Yeah, yes. we'll, we'll definitely let you know. All righty. Very good. All right, guys. Listen, thanks again. Thanks for all your time. We appreciate that. Thank you. Yes, of course. Enjoy the rest of your day, Hugh. Keep yes, in touch. Thank you. Yes, thank and thank you, you very much, you know, for what you've done over the years. You know, keep up a great work. And then we was, was um, what's, What's next for you? Yeah, man, absolutely. I'll talk yeah. to you soon. You both right. Yes. here. Right. Yes. You too. Thank you. You too. You See too. you. Bye yeah. you. Yes. And yes, goodbye it's... from us as well. Yes, we yep. absolutely enjoyed our time with Hugh Martin. Keep on the lookout for more wonderful interviews coming your way. And as always, what do we say, Jake? Keep nostalgia alive. Take care, everyone. See you next time. See ya. Bye. 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 Thank you for tuning in to another wonderful Jake's Happy Nostalgia Show interview. Be sure to follow Jake and the crew on social media and stream the show wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And as always, remember to keep nostalgia alive. Bye-bye.